This is Reset and can be found at mccabe.io. I'll be talking about anything that plugs in or takes batteries, mostly home automation, networking, home storage, and I'll be bringing some friends along. Reset was inspired by a bent paperclip that's sat on my desk for years. It reminds me that no matter how much we mess something up, there's usually a reset button. Let's get started. Welcome back to Reset, Reset number 44. I'm your host, David McCabe. Let's get started. I, I need to really get rolling. I've got a great interview for you, and I'm talking with Jim Collison today, and we're going to talk about using your old hard drives and maybe an old box to do some hard disk drive mining. Now, stick with me. It's not like GPU, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin kind of stuff. We're going to talk about taking your stuff you probably already have in front of you and using it. So I was able to do this without spending a dime. And I'll explain that more when I talk with Jim. So Jim Collison coming up. I do want to cover a few things because World Backup Day is coming really quickly. It's March 31st and I need to cover some things with you. I do love talking about that kind of stuff. But I want to start out with shout outs from... Patrons and donations. Got Todd B., uh, the latest patron. Thank you very much for that. And also, we have a donation that came in via PayPal. I love it when that happens. Uh, Ricky T., thank you very much as well. Got that. And I really appreciate that. Don't forget, if you do a Patreon, I will send you out a reset sticker. So I'm going to send those out. It's probably going to be mid-April when the reset stickers go out. But I've got a new way to get you a reset sticker. This is kind of cool, and I'm really excited about this. I've talked to you about this a couple of times in the last few episodes about something called JSE Coin and how you could participate in kind of giving back to the forum and the community without having to do like a Patreon or something like that. Well, now, if you did that, you might be earning some JSE coin right now. I, I, I don't know. So how I do it, if you go out to reset.fm slash coin, it'll forward you to the JSE coin sign-up page. And that is under my uh, recommendation. And you'll get a little bonus, and I'll get a little bonus. So that gets you started with some coin. Then you go to the mining page on that uh, platform, and you click Start Mining, and you you there's a slider over there. You need to slide that over to the right and just leave that all night long. Leave it on a PC that's going to be up and running, you know, 24-7. It doesn't take a whole lot of resources. We've proved that in the forums with a little help from you guys. We've proved that it doesn't take a whole lot of resources. So leave that going. It will generate coin for you. Now, this is an unpublished off-exchange type coin. It's kind of like proof of concept right now. So what they're doing is you're earning a, it's almost like a play toy, right? Because it's not worth any money right now. But I'm going to go ahead and back this up by showing you a couple of ways that you can spend it. So right now you can go out to the homeservershow.com forums or the reset forums and you can spend your JSE coin I've got 
a couple of ways for you to do this. So you can buy a sticker. You can buy a reset sticker. Or you can buy a shout out on the podcast. You can also buy or just donate. There's a little button there that says donate one JSE. And that, that will come to me. Now, this is this is a gamble, guys. I This is total gamble of earning this coin and maybe someday it will become actually a piece of, you know, a cryptocurrency that you can trade for Bitcoin, you can trade for USD, or you could use as a monetary instrument just like you're doing in this little test. So it's kind of phase two of the test. So what you need to do is go to reset.fm slash coin and that will redirect you to JSE Coin site. Sign up. You get the bonus. I get the bonus. And then you can spend your JSE Coin at the Home Server Show Reset Forums. So that's pretty cool. Look for that post. It's it's in the forums. I made it. Uh, there's a little box at the bottom. It's called Picks. Our Picks. If you look at the Reset Forums. I made that. Uh, the Reset Forums JSE Coin Store. <laughs> so we'll see if this works or not. I, I'm excited about it because it's, it's like testing. It's like phase two. So that's, it's fun to me. All right. So I did mention that World Backup Day is March 31st. So we need to get ready for this, right? So you guys know that I'm a big Synology user. Synology has their own little cloud backup program that they released about six months ago, maybe a little longer. But it was only for the European market. But they've opened that up now to the entire world. Now, I kind of got confused. I wrote this up on the forums. There's a post out there. Kind of got confused between pounds and euros. I made an idiot of myself. It's in, pa- it's in pounds. It's in euros. So it's $9.99. That is euros for 100 gigabytes of storage for one year. So 10 bucks, 10 euros whatever that comes out to, gives you 100 gigs. So, now, it's 100 gigs, Dave. I know that's not a lot of space. But that gives you kind of an extra layer of cloud protection, right? Plus, it's stored in Germany. The data center is in Germany. So, I was kind of joking, if America gets flooded, hey, your data will be in Europe. It'll be safe. It also has versioning. So, there's something to be said about that, too. And... It's native to the Synology NAS platform, so it will back up and it will version your files for you. That's that's annual. That's not that bad as a secondary backup, and you can encrypt it. So pretty cool. There will be a link in the show notes. You can look at it. It's called Synology C2. Now, keeping in the world backup day spirit, when I was doing this backup, uh, doing this little article for C2, I noticed that my USB drive on my NAS had failed. It had a lot of failures in backups, and I don't know if I was ignoring it or I didn't see it, and so I started digging into it, and it looks like the drive maybe has gone bad. So I had to jump on that. So that is why we talk about backups at least once a year to be ever vigilant. Check your backups. Check your data. You know, these backups really aren't back backups if you can't restore it, right? So, yes, I was backing up my drives to 
my data to a, a USB that was attached to the Synology. But if it's bad data, you know, it's not really a backup. So I do have, um, I do implement 321, which that means three copies of your data, two types of media storage, and one kept off-site. I actually have multiple, so it's probably like 332. I have multiple places in the home, and I have a couple of cloud backup sites. So you need to check your methods. You need three copies of your data. Put them on two different storage medias, uh, external USB drive, uh, a secondary NAS in the home in a different location. Remember, if something gets flooded, burned, or stolen, make sure it's a different spot in your home. And keep one offside as a cloud. Now, I like to do a secondary called the grandma drive. You guys know that I'm a big fan of that. Make a copy on an old hard drive that you're not using of your last year's data. All your photos, whatever you can fit on there, whatever you cannot live without. Take that drive, put it in a static bag, put it in a box that is nice and comfy, cozy. Take it to grandma's house. Put it in grandma's uh, closet and tell her... Never to take her eyes off of it. Don't let it out of her sight. You don't let anybody touch it. If I was to ask for it, you know, give it back to me, please. <laughs> but so there you go. I, I March thirty first, World Backup Day. Hey, maybe there'll be some deals on some hard drives. It's time to it's time to dig all that back out. Make sure everything works. So also, it's a good time to test your UPSs. When was your UPS put into action? What's the date on the battery? This has gotten me before. Uh, totally torn me up before. Even had a battery fail in the box without a power outage. Just all of a sudden, everything went down. Battery went kaput. My UPS is screaming and beeping. Everything is turned off because the battery did not give uh, you know that surge of power. And it can happen at any time. So I'm not. I don't want to tell you to test your NAS, or anything that important, but see if you can test that battery backup. Take some things offline. Put put a load on it. See how long it runs. Try to try to test those out. The best thing to do is to talk about this in the reset forums. Tons of topics about 321, multiple offsites, multiple cloud vendors. How do you do your OneDrive, your photos, your phone, all that kind of good stuff. Actually, I use my Synology to sync my OneDrive. So I'll take a picture. The phone transfers it to OneDrive. The NAS sees it, pulls it down, and holds it onto the NAS. Then that backs up to the other NAS, which backs up to the cloud. It's kind of a ridiculous amount of redundancy, but it works. And sometimes you never know what's going to fail and what little cog gets removed is going to throw the whole thing out of whack so sometimes it's good to test this stuff okay let's get going with jim collison jim is podcaster over at home gadget geeks you can find him at the average and you can also see him in the reset forums mainly in the crypto section that's what he's been kind of up to lately and we're going to talk about this whole thing called burst mining with hard drives let's throw it over to jim Hello, Jim. How are you doing today? Hey, Dave. Great to be on Reset. 
Good. I think this is your first time on Reset, isn't it? It is. Yeah, no, I've been listening to it since one, but it's good I to be on the program. Taking that long. I apologize. Nah, nah, it's good. All right. So today, you got me hooked on this burst thing. And it's it's been somewhat hard for me to explain it. So I thought, let's explain it in a podcast. And I think I have some of it down. I think that I have most of the lingo and stuff, but I'm going to dumb this down. So everybody listening out there, it's it's okay. So we're going to talk about burst hard drive mining, and I'm going to try to ask Jim all the, what I'm going to call, maybe even second grader questions. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll get it up to fifth grade, see if we're smarter than fifth graders, and uh, see if we can bring this to the masses. And also, don't forget that I've got a brand new forum out there in Reset Forums. It's called, I think, Burst and Hard Disk Drive Mining. I'm going to throw some notes out there. Jim's, Jim also trolls the cryptocurrency forums. I've noticed he trolls them a lot more than the regular forums lately. I do. I do, indeed. And we can always tag. You can tag myself or you can tag at Jay Collison, and he'll get the ping, and he'll come in and jump in. I, I do that all the time. I need Jim. I just tag him in a forums post. So, All right. Now, I want to ask some basic questions, and we're going to t- about burst and burst mining. And I, I honestly feel like all the information that's out there kind of assumes you have prior knowledge of this and or mining. So bear with me, Jim. I'm going to bring the tech level down just a little bit, and we're going to discuss everything about getting started. And then what I really want to do, I really want to get into the convo of just talking about Jim's rig. We can even talk about my little setup, too, because Jim got me going on this as well. Now, I want to tell you guys out there, if you're turned off by the whole crypto scene, and I understand it can be overwhelming and somewhat uninteresting to a lot of folks. I want you to listen to this conversation. It's going to be different. And spoiler alert here, I got in to burst hard drive mining without spending a dime. I'm serious. I did not spend a single dime to get going. Now, since then, yes, I have put some money into it, but I didn't have to in order to get to this point. I honestly did not have to. And I think a lot of you out there listening are going to be in the same position I am in. You know, I'm an ex-builder. I'm a server builder, a PC builder, a small-time gamer. I've got the parts. I've got a stack of hard drives laying around. And I think you do too. So I want you to listen to this. Okay. It's your turn now, Jim. Tell me what is, just in a nutshell, what is this burst coin? Yeah, well, I think if... if Folks think of it in terms of like Bitcoin, right? Because I think most people know what a Bitcoin is, right? It's a, mm-hmm. it's really the derivative or the the you know the option that comes off of the blockchain that is the Bitcoin blockchain, and it buys and sells and trades just like any other coin in cryptocurrency. So, you know, the big difference in this is that it's hard drive based instead of GPU based. So a lot of folks, you know, we've we've single handedly driven up the price of GPUs, Dave. You more than me, actually. And right, we've we've bought all these drives, or we've bought all these GPUs. But in uh, in really in the essence of cryptocurrency, right? It's just these these miners, whether it's a GPU or a hard drive, are just creating nonces. And this nonce is just a random number that tries to 
solve itself to the blockchain to kind of really solve the equation that is the block. That's all it is, right? It's creating a, a you know, this this crypto. That's why they call it, right? Cryptocurrency. It's creating this secure, big, long number that secures the block. And the block then uses that to hash and split it apart and get, you know, smaller parts on it. And so instead of the GPU running through a whole bunch of random numbers to find it, you pre-plot your hard drives, and we'll talk about this more in detail, but you pre-plot, or you pre-plot those with these nonces, and instead of running a GPU, it runs against the hard drive, okay. and it runs these numbers and then, and then tries to solve the equation. So what is Burst Coin? Burst Coin's like any other coin, except its back end is hard drive-based, not GPU-based. Okay. Now, all of you out there listening, if you're not into mining, then a lot of that was... Charlie Brown's teacher talking, right? <laughs> wah, wah, wah. And I get it. There's a, there was a lot of lingo in there. So don't let me lose you yet. I'm going to break all of that down. I've got a huge list to run through, Jim. I just wanted to kind of establish what the Burst Coin is. It is an actual cryptocurrency. So, Jim, can I go out to an exchange and purchase this Burst Coin right now? Yeah, just like any of the others. You would need to use Burst. Um, Bitcoin today, you would need to use Bitcoin to purchase it. But on a few of the exchanges, not all, um, and I couldn't tell you exactly which ones, but there are a few exchanges that are using where you can convert dollars into um, into Bitcoin and then with Bitcoin buy Burst Coin. And I've done that. I've, I've purchased it as well as mined it. So you can do that on those coins. I should have done my homework in advance and had those exchanges. Maybe we can throw that out in the, no, uh, the that's, forums. that's perfect. That's what a podcast is for. While someone's talking, someone else is looking something up. Oh, and, good. Um, so I just did a quick look, and it's on a couple of different places. Now, Jim will recognize these. Some of you folks may not. Uh, Bittrex, Upbit, and Poloniex. Those are yep. the three big ones. And there's there's a couple of more, but... And and I use the I use Poloniex, and I think that's actually where I bought it the first time. Okay. And Bittrex is another one that I'm involved in that um, that that I'm buying on as well. Right. And so we'll get those. This will be listed in the uh, in the post out there in the reset forums, and we'll we'll be able to discuss that more. So you grab some Bitcoin, you trade it, you send it over there, and you can buy some burst if if that's what you just want to do. You want to sit on some burst as an investment. So be it. Now, the big thing is now we can mine this coin with our hard drives. And if you already have some Bitcoin, you could just transfer that over to Bittrex or Poloniex and and buy some Burst. So I want to get started. I say I don't want to buy it. I want to earn it the hard way. I want to get down and dirty. I want to do some mining. So let's do a setup of a mining box. And I'll just, I'll spray you with questions here and there. So what are the hard hardware requirements, Jim? I mean, let's talk about hard drives later, but just hardware in general. What, what, I'm, what am I going to need? Yeah, you know, the beauty of what we're doing, it really fits nicely into the, the home server community because we all had boxes that were kind of set up for large amounts of storage and mm-hmm. pretty adequate um, you know, a Jeep, uh, CPU uh, usage, we were running Plex or, you know, trying to run other things off these boxes. And so just about any GPU, any modern GPU can run that. Um, so really, you just need a PC 
that has the ability the ability to add hard drives to it, right? Whether that's going to be through a typical SATA connection or whether you want to do it USB on the hub side, um, you don't need to buy any additional equipment. If you have an extra PC laying around, that's an easy thing to get started with. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. So plain PC, uh, a big Haas, wh- what would you recommend? Yeah, I think in the work that we've done over the last six or eight months on this, I have done both. So I have run it on a low-end 25-watt CPU AMD. Mm-hmm. It it works, yes. Uh, when, you're, when you're mining, it sends out a seek command to all the hard drives that you have. And the more hard drives you have, the more effort that takes the CPU to do. And I was actually on a smaller-end CPU maxing that out. Now, is that a bad thing? Mm, no, not necessarily. I lived with it, but you know, I'm a maximizer and I wanted more power. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I was able to purchase a, you know, a second or third generation core seven box at work and I put it on that. Now that maybe takes 25 or 30% of the CPU utilization. Could you land it with a core I three or core I five or a, you know, equivalent on the AMD site? Totally. So, I always say a modern box. I think you want to have at least USB 3 on there, and you should probably not settle for anything less than a Core i3 or a Core i5. Okay. All right. So I'm already breaking rules all over the place, (laughs) (laughs) but we'll discuss that later. How about software? What kind of uh, what kind of OS needs do we have here? Yeah, I've I've used Windows, uh, of course, uh, Windows Insider, so you know have some access to that, but. It um, it has versions. If you're a Linux guy and you want to run off uh, off Ubuntu, there are ways to do that. I haven't done that, Dave, to be honest. So I couldn't speak of how easy that is. But if you've got Windows on it, you're you're you've got everything you need. You're going to download a you know a copy of Q Bundle, or they have some packages that you can run to help software to help do this. And that actually that software has gotten a lot better just in the six or eight months we've been doing this. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you're going to get that package from them. It runs really, really well on Windows. It doesn't fight with too many things, and I haven't really had any too, too many problems with it. Okay. Now, is this, does this box need to be dedicated for this task, or can I kind of dual purpose some things? Because I'm sure some folks are thinking, well, you know, I got a Plex box, and it just sits there all day. And maybe it gets hit in the evening for streaming. So what do you think? Yeah, I, you totally could do a purpose. Okay. Uh, just remember when it sends that seek command and it does it about every 60 seconds mm-hmm. and it will run for about 20 to 60 seconds, depends on how much hard drive space you have. It's going to, sometimes it can be minutes in between. It's going to consume some CPU resources. So you have to kind of think through like, okay, What's important to me? When am I running on this thing? How much processor overhead do I have? Mm -hmm. If it's Plex and the family's using it, do you really want to risk that? Where, you know, during the middle of a stream, they're going to get some pixelization. If it's transcoding, what you kind of want to think, what's the CPU utilization of that box right now? If it's never getting used, if it's barely getting run, or maybe you're transcoding off of it twice a month, absolutely, right? But you kind of want to know the physics of the box. What's it currently doing right now? How is it being used? Is it okay if I peg that CPU, uh, you know, a dozen or more times a day? You really got to ask yourself that question. It will, again, it will peg the CPU from time to time. It uses that. Um, But those are some good things. There's no right answer there. You got to kind of know your box and what you're using it for. Okay. 
and I don't want to get too ahead of the chat, but the drives we're using and talking about, the hard drives, can always come out of that box and go to its own dedicated box without terribly much pain, right? This yeah, should sure. be pretty easy, and we'll get yeah. into that. Sure. And because we're we're right there at hard drives, I, I'll throw in my two cents, and I'll say, uh, I guess if you're married and you stream a lot, or you do a lot of transcoding, maybe if the wife does a lot of transcoding, you might not want to use that box to mine. Yeah, I would, I would agree. I'd agree with you. But you could also, Jim, I guess if it was that important to run, you know, maybe she's watching American Idol or something, you could turn the miner off. You, totally. You could do that. It's a manual process. Like you can't, there's no way to set it to say, hey, if the CPU gets to this kind of usage, throttle this one down. That right. doesn't currently exist. Um, but you could, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm, I'm kind of thinking here, just if someone wants to get started and just see the process, they could do a couple of hard drives and and just kind of take a look and investigate. So No, totally, yeah. Okay, so let's get into the drives. Now, this is where... This is where I'm going to try to dumb it down because I know a lot of us have a lot of hard drives laying around. And I had a lot of these questions when I got started. So, Jim, what is our main goal with the hard drive? And, and when I say that, when you, when you just say hard drive mining, I mean, that, that, that's, that's a huge spectrum yeah. of parts and, I mean, green drives, red drives, purple drives, black drives large drives, SSD drives. So let's talk size and speed to begin with, and then I'll hit you with more questions. Yeah, let me and let me start before we even say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, think, think about when, when you are mining, uh, you're, you're really, each time the, the block is presented, you're submitting a lottery ticket. That might be the easiest way. Uyghur talks okay. about it in this forum. Yeah, he does. It, really, it really makes a lot of sense the way he does it. You're presenting a lottery ticket to the system. And the more space you have means the more tickets you can present and say, Hey, I've got all these tickets. Does one of them match? Right. And so when we think about space, all we're really looking for at the very basic level is the more space I have, the more space I can give in this to the miner, the more chances I have of winning a block. Um, And so when we think about that, Dave, it could be when I first started doing this, I put I had some little laptop drives that were 250 meg, and I started that way. I had three of those. I had one, two or 250, and one was 500. Mm-hmm. And I plotted. We haven't talked about plotting yet, but oh, I plotted yeah. those lottery tickets, right? I plotted the, the, the chances to win on those drives. And, uh, you know, that's less than a terabyte. A space, but if I had a terabyte drive, I would plot a terabyte's worth. Mm-hmm. The more you can plot, the better. That's the on, at the very highest level. That's the fundamental, you know, purpose of this. You want to get as much space as you can. Okay. However, uh, when when we get to that, the quicker your your PC can get to those drives, the quicker it can present um, those lottery tickets gives you a better chance of winning the lottery in one circumstance. Mm-hmm. And that's when the blockchain is going really fast. So sometimes it tries to present itself about every two or three minutes, something like that. Mm-hmm. But that's not a consistent time. Sometimes it'll be seven or eight minutes between blocks. Sometimes it's 15 seconds between blocks. And 
So if you're trying to, if you have a really slow drive and it's trying to present its lottery tickets for, for consideration and that drive is slow, you will get less lottery tickets shown to the, you know, to, to the, to the market, so to speak. So that's where speed matters. We've had this conversation or internally between us for a long time. Like, does speed really matter? That's when it matters is when the block goes really, really fast. Is that a, is that a game? I mean, is that a, you know, a situation where you say, oh, well, then my stuff is slow. No, because many of the, when the blocks are presented, many of those are five minutes or more and you can absolutely compete. Um, so the faster you can get it. So if you had a choice to go eSATA in the box or SATA drives in the box versus USB, you would go with your drives in the box, but that doesn't mean USB drives are bad. We can talk about that in my setup. Okay. Get there. So we're, we're not talking, I need to go out and buy one terabyte SSDs in hook. Totally not. No, no ROI in that. Like okay. don't, don't do that. Don't Use do that. the magic words were, what do I have today? Yeah. Like before you buy anything inventory what you have today. I think people have stuff sitting around. These are home server guys and gals, right? right. What do you have today? And try it. You can do it with 500 meg, mm-hmm. right? You can get started and kind of see how it works, which is 500 meg. Yeah. And when we started the show, I, I said, I didn't, I didn't buy anything. I right. literally filled every SATA port I had with hard drives that yeah. were stacked and, and, up and doing nothing. Let me, yeah, they were no, doing me too. Absolutely me too. nothing. I had three of these little laptop drives, and then I had a couple. Um, I had a couple full size drives that I that I put in a draw, you know, a, a hard drive dock, you know, that USB dock where you can just jam those things in and and plug them in via USB. I was just trying to find whatever I had to get started, and then later I started buying more. But you can, if the PC can see the hard drive, it's usable. Okay, very good point. That's a great point. So I'm going to say SSDs are probably out. I, I think that's overkill, right? So for for I think for your farm, yeah. When we talk about plotting, maybe helpful there. But but sure. um, for your farm, right, where you're putting your nonces, in most cases, yeah, that's probably an overkill. Unless you have it. Yeah, I was saying unless you have a stack of them, <laughs> I, I wouldn't recommend. They probably could be better used somewhere else. But hey, it's it's whatever you have in your in your closet of hard drives now. You said external. I had some. I had a lot of USB two docks, and I was going to use those, and I didn't because we were talking about speed, and I was worried about being able to present all my uh, lottery tickets, as you will, yeah, over USB or, or USB two. So, are, are we making a cutoff at three or? Well, three is better than two. Uh, it, it it's obvious, right? And you're like, then you can present more lottery tickets. Would it stop me from starting? No, I would totally. If all I had access to was USB two, especially with the lower, you know, your, your chances are you're not going to be trying to present that much data mm-hmm. to it. A great way to get started, Dave. My setup today is completely different than it was when we first got going. Okay. I would just say, hey, give it a try. You will, you'll kind of find your setup, right? You'll be like, mm, okay, you know, a smaller drive on USB two actually not too bad because it can get that whole drive in. Uh, you know, the really the mechanics behind this is the miner submits a seek command to all the plot files that are on that it has access to. Mm-hmm. So. It sends out the C command, and then they all start running at the same time, 
right? So imagine that. Hey, hey, hard drives, send me your lottery tickets. Does that every time, right? And then the hard drives are jamming to get all those lottery tickets back to the miner, right? It's the way that works. In the when you when you're small, when you're a small miner and you have maybe like less than twenty terabytes, fifteen or twenty terabytes. Well, let's maybe say ten. That's probably a better better answer. You probably even on USB two could get all those lottery tickets back in time. Um, and you really kind of want to be under a minute. The the pros are under 20 seconds to get everything back. Mm-hmm. But let's just say under a minute to get all your lottery tickets back to the miner. So once you start setting that stuff up, you'll start seeing in the miner those times. Like, oh, okay, I kind of can get a benchmark for where I'm at today. The drive speed, if it's a 7200 RPM, it might do it faster than a, than a, than a 5400. Uh, so, you know, And so it really kind of matters. You, you kind of need to jump in and test it. Let me tell you this, if you're a tinkerer, like if you're a guy who likes working on his equipment and messing around with it, you want to do this because there's plenty of places to optimize and maximize and try out different stuff. That's what got you hooked, Dave, was yeah. that like you got your hands back in the hardware, right? Yeah. So if you're if you're that kind of person, you're going to like this for sure. True. Yeah, I was so proud of uh Cutting my hand on a case, you know, because I'm, I'm. It's been a while, right? I'm, since yeah, you bled on some old case. I got, I got chastised, Jim, for. Um, <laughs> that, well, you have the wrong case. I'm like, that's not the point. <laughs> I'm back yeah. working right here. Feels feels good to walk feels away with good. some cuts on yeah. your fingers. Like, yeah, I'm back cases. in the case. So, I, my question is: is maybe maybe I did this right? But my question is: is should I use all my internal my SATA drives first? Yes. In theory, yes, you should. Yeah. Okay. Because I do see my miner hit those first. And I see. Yeah. And they're the fastest drives, right? Yeah. It's low times, low times, low times. And then it hits those externals. And and I see that. It technically doesn't. It technically hits them all at the same time. Okay. Your externals are delivering those tickets back. Reporting faster. Yeah. It's reporting faster. So it's saying, hey, the internal drives can report all those lottery tickets back way faster than your external in most cases. So maybe. So I asked that question for, you know, the external guy, if he just has, you know, a box and he's got a, an external three terabytes sitting around. Hey, try it. Totally. Yeah. Okay. No, right on. I, I would give it a shot. It's a great way to get started. Okay. So now, I, so far it's been easy and it, it was, this was easy for me too, getting up to this point, but now I want to get into the pain points and that's prepping the drives and the keyword, what you said earlier, plotting, and we'll get into nonces again as well. So Jim, before you can, you can't just hook this drive up to the box and there's a lot of things to consider as well. So I want, before you mine, you have to prepare each hard drive for mining with a process called plotting. So can you once again kind of slow down for me and tell me exactly what is plotting the hard drive? Yeah. So in we used the word nonce earlier. Mm-hmm. We're going to say nonces equal lottery tickets. That's I, I let's just let's establish that, right? A nonce is just a lottery ticket, okay. chance to win in the system. So preparing that drive, you would prepare that like any other way you would prepare a drive to be attached to a machine to get the best possible performance. So if you're a formatting nerd and or a connection nerd and you know how to put your drives together in a way to get the best possible speed performance out of them, that's how you should set them up, right? If you're not, just plug them in and do the best you can. Format, plug them in, 
format them if you want to. You don't have to. Um, it, it's just you. all you're going to do is grab space to drop these lottery tickets on. And it can be as simple as making a folder that's called Burst. That's what everybody does. That's what they recommend. Get on that drive, create your burst folder. And that's your very, very first step in plotting, right? So you got a folder. The Q bundle, we should probably back up a little bit. In the, mm-hmm. in the software that you start with is called Q bundle. It's available at burst-coin.org. So Dave will put that in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Really a lot of in the instructions, a lot of the community that's all out at that burst-coin.org site, and you can get involved in the community there um, as well. Although we got a lot of guys that are in it over at the Home Service Show community, so you can you can head over to the Reset Forums and uh, and, and jump in there as well. Right. Um, so the Cube Bundle software is going to contain a plotter in it that you're going to you're going to open and set these lottery tickets right okay. to. And once you have that very first folder, you're ready to go. So that's that's the very first step. Okay. So do I do I consume the entire drive because in the in the plotter software and I know everybody can't see this now but in the software there are a lot of choices and it allows you to choose the size of the plot file cuz it's like one big contiguous file in that right It is yeah you're just going to dump a bunch of numbers to it right okay. that, so it it knows how to read one big file the software does all the, the hard stuff with putting the numbers in there, so we don't have to worry about that. But we have to choose the size. Do we consume the entire drive? Yeah, if you want to, if you're not planning on putting anything else on that drive, take as much as you can. I'm, I don't like, Dave, to ever fill up a hard drive completely. There's just some things that need to go on with that drive that I just don't want at 100%. So I would set it at 100, and then I would back it off just a little bit. I'd give it a few gigs of space just so it wasn't at 100% okay. uh, usage. So in the in the plotting software, there's a little a super easy slider. You can It'll just say, it'll detect how big the drive is and how much free space is available, and you can just back it off a little bit to take the, what's left on the drive or set it to 500 gig or set it to a terabyte if you want to do it that way. There's uh, the, the, nobody, it, it will work either way. So you can fill it or just take a part of it. Okay. Now, I'm trying to think back at the, at the difficulties I had because you, you set me in motion when this was back December-ish kind of time frame. You gave me the info I needed and then you just kind of sat me down in front of the plotter and I kind of like, you kind of have to discover your own method of tracking. But... Am I right to say that you kind of have to track your plot files and keep things kind of organized? Can you get a little deeper in on on that conversation? So the system has to keep track of the lottery tickets in some way. And so just think of the very first lottery ticket you create is going to be zero. And then the next one's going to be one. And then it's going to be two, right? Um, Except you're creating hundreds of thousands, if not million of these lottery tickets at a time. And so the system, uh, and then the the miner itself needs to be able to keep track of these lottery tickets. And it knows that it doesn't want duplicate. It doesn't want two twos or two tens. Mm-hmm. It wants only one of those. And so the miner is going to kind of keep track of those those tickets as well. If you're doing it all on one system, in other words, if you're going to mine and plot on the same system, the plotter that comes with QBundle will actually keep track of it for you. And that's Actually, my recommendation, if you're starting new on this, 
make your plotter and your miner all the same box. Just kind of commit to that right away. You can okay. split those out later if you want to. You can move mined or I'm sorry, you can move plotted hard drives around on the system. You don't have to replot them. It understands that plot. And it understands it because when you first set up your, you know, we, we again, we've downloaded QBundle. We've started the, the wallet. We're going to create an account. I kind of walked you through that. Mm-hmm. You're going to create an account. It's going to create both a burst ID and a numeric ID. That numeric ID is really what identifies you on the burst network. It's the one that says, hey, that's Dave McCabe or, hey, that's Jim Collison. You're going to combine that account with your nonce. That's how the system knows, hey, Dave McCabe, lottery ticket number two. That's how it knows who you are and what you're doing, right? Um, And so you're going to have that number. You're going to combine with it. So the the system... uh, if you're going to do it all in one system, the, the the plotter will actually track all that stuff for you. It does a really nice job. You'll plot a file, the next hard drive, you're going to plot a new file. It will automatically start it for you at the next available lottery ticket number, which is pretty cool. If you're going to separate that out, do it on two, two PCs, and you can. All you have to do is manually keep track of where you began and where you ended with those plot files. So when you're starting it, because you can have multiple PCs plotting at the same time, it's a little more tricky, and I don't recommend it for the beginner, but you all you have to do is keep track of where you left off on the last one you were doing, so you can start, and then you have to know how many lottery tickets have I plotted, and where's the end of it going to be, because you don't want that overlap. And if that seems complicated for anybody listening you know, to an audio podcast, I think it becomes more aware once you have that plotting software in front of you. Totally. Totally. Yeah, it will make it will make so much sense when you just walk through it once. You're like, oh, this isn't that hard, to right. be honest with you. And, and I mean, if I'm doing it's it, it's not that hard. You go to like, burst-coin.org, you get the software. It assigns you like an address, almost like an IP address or a Mac address or a wallet address. And then, like Jim said, when you go to the plotter, you put your address in there. And it assigns that address to every single little quote unquote lottery ticket, every nonce on that hard drive from zero to however much space you allow it. If it's a one terabyte drive and you've allowed it, you know, 999 gigs, so be it. It goes from zero to that number that it can fit in that space. Correct. And so... Jim, am I right that that number is the end number of your hard drive? So the next hard drive that you plot with your lottery tickets would need to be in sequence. Or or just higher. It doesn't have to be exactly one more. Okay. But it, it could be... You know, it could... It just has to be one more or higher to make sure you're not overlapping. Okay. So the OCD and, and, in, in yeah, me oh, oh yeah. plotted it... <laughs> exact yeah no right on and i try to too except one time i made a mistake and i got it one back which means i had one nonce that was overlapping now that's okay but it drove me nuts because <laughs> i got it i got an error every time like hey you know you have an overlap and it just drove me nuts oh yeah i ended I up replotting that. that drive i was just like I can't i can't take this it catches your eye it's it's, it's annoying right you, yeah, so if you're, if you want you want to make sure you're you're getting it you know you're getting those pieces right by the way another question that comes up is you know could i plot from 1000 to 2000 and then skip 2000 and just start again at 3000 the numbers you're plotting don't matter they're just a number it's just a random number so to speak and so how you plot those as long as they don't overlap 
You can have gaps in between them. It doesn't matter because it's combining the lottery ticket number you generated with your unique ID to create this random number. Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't matter. It's a lot of people ask me like, oh, I got out of order. It doesn't matter as long as they don't overlap. Okay. So that leads to a good question that I've, I ran across this a couple of weeks ago and it has since not been an issue, but let's say we have a hard drive die. And we pull that hard drive out. The The miner will still run. It just has less lottery tickets. Correct. So you can, you wouldn't necessarily have to like replace the drive perfectly, like nonce zero to nonce 10,000. No, you could just create it. Start at the end. end. Yep. Just go to the end, replot it on a new drive. Uh, maybe you swap it out RMA and you get okay. a new drive. Just bring Excellent. it back in replot it from where it goes, you know, and if you're good, you could maybe replot and sneak it in the middle and get it. If that's the way you want it. I know there's Dave, I know there's guys listening who would figure all that out. Right. Oh, and they'd be I, like, have oh, to. I got you're it in the middle. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not that smart again. So, <laughs> so just like I would start with what my end number is and, mm-hmm. and kind of go from there. Yeah. What a couple of the plotters that are out there, you can actually bring in. If you just bring in your last plotted nonce into the plotter, and then add the new drive, it'll figure it out for you. Wow. So you don't even need to know. I would probably add it to the end. I, I yeah. think I would pull that I drive out, strike it off of my list, and go to the end. I think that totally. would be the, totally. the... And you and I both have Excel spreadsheets, so we just keep this stuff in. Yes. Right? That's just beginning, end, beginning, end, beginning, end, beginning, end. Yeah, just, and I went... Yeah. I, I didn't know... Because I, I didn't know what I was doing, Jim. So I sure. over-documented. Yeah. I have... I know what SATA port it is. Right on the motherboard. Right, I I I track that too. I know where it is in the cage, so I know if it's like the third up or the fifth up or or whatever. And then I know, of course, the size, the drive label, and the nonce start, the nonce end. So yeah, I was freaky about it, and uh, I probably didn't need to be that crazy. But no, no, I think it's actually a good exercise to know. I kept track of how big the nonce was. I kept track of what drive letter it was on. Yeah. I, I had yeah. you know some drive letters that had multiple fo- folders on them. So I uniquely named those folders so I knew how to get back to them. Yes. I don't think it's a bad idea to over-document. Okay, very good. Okay, so I want to get back because we've kind of glossed over plotting. And I just, I want to tell everyone that it takes, it can be <laughs> quick, on a small hard drive, and it can take a very long time on a big hard drive. So let's let's go to that part of the conversation, Jim, because there are two methods of plotting. And I personally have only done CPU-backed uh, plotting, but you can also use a GPU in order to help speed up plotting. So I want to kind of take from kind of take me from there, and let's talk about the time and how to do this with the actual software. Yeah, it's kind of, I think, important to think about the physics of what's actually happening when you're plotting. So the whether it's GP or CPU, it is all it's doing is generating random numbers. It's the same thing it does on when you're mining any other coin at that point. It's just generating ram, random numbers. And then it's got to write those numbers to the drive. Mm-hmm. And this is really where write speed is important. So when you start thinking about your drives... You start thinking, hey, all right, how do I get the best write speed? Because if you're 
say you're, you're doing this on a Core i7 or even a really fast GPU, but you have terrible write speeds, it's going to create nonces, then it's going to write them. And it won't start nonces again until it's completely done writing. Right. So you want to find this balance in between speed of nonce or lottery tickets creation and writing them to the drive. Um, and so you don't need a super, if you, if you have really slow drive that you're writing it to, eh, you don't need a very powerful CPU to do the lottery, you know, the nonce creation, so to speak. But if you've got a really fast system, you could, uh, you could, uh, use it in a way where if it's generating fast and writing fast, man, that will really speed up your plot time. Dave, what a lot of folks are doing, and I think it's called turbo plotter. We didn't use it, uh, but it allows GPU, uh, to, to go, you know, to create the nonces. Then you write it to your SSD. So this is this is pretty nerdy, but okay. you create the lottery tickets. You write them to the SSD, while it because it can write to the SSD really fast. While it's doing that, it goes back to create more nonces. Then it's dumping the SSD down to the hard drive, and that transfer is easier on your external drive than directly writing the nonces to the hard drive. So it's kind of an in between, so to speak. Doesn't mean you have to do it. But it, it's another way to speed it up. I've right. also had people have a big SSD drive, and they write to the SSD first till it's done. Then they just transfer it over to the drive and start that process over again. So if you think about the physics of this, however you do it in a way, and this is where you're, it's going to vary based on your equipment. If you just kind of think about the marriage of I need to generate these and then write them, However, that's the most efficient in your system is the best way to do it. Dave, an eight terabyte drive, and I have a bunch of them. We'll talk about it when we get to my setup. Can take days, literally four or five days to get plotted. Oh, it took me longer than that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, in uh, subpar hardware, and I, I did experiment. And that's why I had that USB 2 question, because I experimented with a USB 2 connection, and with an eight terabyte drive, it was... Ooh. It was plotting out well beyond three weeks. Yeah, uh, or a month. It, yeah, it could. It was, it was yeah. horrendous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you just, it, it kind of depends. And at that point, it's really the connection is the slow point. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't right. matter how much you throw at the, the nonce creation part or the, CP, or the lottery tickets. It's not transferring fast enough. Um, so, it, you know, if you had a, you know, so say you had a, a couple of uh, drives in RAID that are really, really fast, mm-hmm. and then you had external drives. Well, that's a great candidate to plot on a fast box, send those over to the, you know, send them over to your RAID, let them write over there. Then once it's written, let the software move it on to the, you know, to your external drives. You'd get some serious lift from something like that. Now I haven't done that yet and I'm done plotting. So it's kind of like, well, this is cool. It'd be cool to try. But as this progresses, it gets better and better and better. Mm -hmm. And they're finding better ways to do this. So you could do that too. If you're super nerdy and you really want to mess around with that, that'd be pretty cool. And I think some people are going to be questioning or shrugging right now going, what's the big deal? But it kind of is a big deal because let's say you buy, let's say you just go out and buy two or three external hard drives well, at that point, you get them in you know, any other kind of system or mining or gaming or whatever. You can take it out of the box and use it. Done. Right. Well, you can't here. You have no. to do those plots. Yeah. So if and you're, it takes, you're waiting two or three weeks yeah, if it in takes some cases. It's frustrating. to do one yeah. drive yeah. and you put it into action, you get the next one out of the box and you, then you do it. So 
that's where people get antsy and then they figure out, well, I've got a box over here. I could do it on my PC. I could do it on the minor. I could do it on the Plex box. Yeah, no, right on. You get five or six plotting, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden that makes more sense when you, you know, when you're first like, well, I'll just plot them. And then you're like, oh crap, this is going to take a week. And immediately you're like, oh, where's another box? Like, how can I start? That's, that's that progression. Yeah. What processors in my Plex server? Exactly. What do I have in, what what do I have in inventory that can I get, I can do more of these. Right. So a big question I had is when I started doing my plotting and it started taking so long, I, I kind of got scared of the process. And so my big question to you was, what if the process is interrupted? What if it, what if there's a power failure? What if I just need to use that box? Yeah. The beauty is we discovered late into the process that there's a resume on all the miners. There's a resume feature. So you can just go in there, allocate your memory and your CPU usage. By the way, that's really cool. Inside these miners, you can kind of dedicate hey, I want to take three or four threads and I want to take 12 gig. Uh, the more you can throw out of the better, right? But, uh, and that's in memory. But um, you can at least, if like if you have a box and you're going to mine or you're going to plot on it and it's going to be running Plex, maybe you only want two of the four threads of the CPU being mm-hmm. used for, you know, for the plotting so that it saves some room for Plex. But there's a resume feature. So you just go up there, hit resume, point it back to the plot file. It knows exactly where it left off and it just starts again. So it's kind of bulletproof. I mean, if you lose power, something gets interrupted, you're safe. Okay. Yeah. And that's, that was what was really nice about a couple of core I sevens that I have like quad cores. You knew you could, you could put multiple threads, you know, upon uh, the plotter and let it go and, no, totally. Almost maximize the RAM. Yeah, especially when it's it's bound by the I.O. And, you know, I've got a big i7 box with 16 gig of RAM, and I could get two drives on that same box plotting together because it was I.O. bound and not CPU bound. And so you would dial down the CPU and say, hey, take two two threads and four gig of memory and run this thing. And it would it, that was actually on that box, that was actually really handy okay. to have two drives and one box run at the same time. Okay. Now, we've talked about CPU importance on mining. We've talked about the importance of it when plotting. Now, obviously, your first hard drive, if you're just plotting your first hard drive, you can do that on the miner because it's not doing anything else, right? Totally, totally, yep. What about that second drive? Does that interfere any? Mm. I'm trying it's to a, mine. Yeah. It's a great I, question, Dave. I need, to, I need to plot. And the answer is yes, it does. Um, because you think about you're taking up IO on the bus when you're writing, you know, so, hey, I'm creating lottery tickets. I'm writing them to the drive. Mm-hmm. Anytime it's writing, it's taking up IO bus to get that done. It then it then when your miner is trying to access those drives, those other drives, maybe on the same bus to send those lottery tickets over to the block, it slows it down. The question is, how much does it slow it down? So you'll only know in testing, like you'll only know in your own equipment, just how much that is a problem. If you start mining and you do a benchmark and you're like, Hey, all my drives are getting back to the block within 30 seconds. And then you start mining and then you start plotting and mining. And all of a sudden it goes to a minute and a half. Well, I got a little problem there. Like maybe you shouldn't plot on that box, right? The, the IO across the bus isn't enough. 
Um, so if you uh, had another box, you obviously would want to use that. I guess, or another I box. guess if you don't have anything else, you, it is you know, what it is. This, the SATA bus, if you've done it, if you've created these drives on SATA, but you're doing the plotting on USB, different buses. So it's not going to affect it as much. Um, it won't, it still is going to affect it some, but not as much as if I was cranking them all across a USB bus. Um, you know, USB is not as robust in that, mm-hmm. in that sense. So again, the way you have it set up kind of matters. Um, I feel pretty comfortable with your community kind of understanding that part. Like they're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you just need to make sure you've got enough IO to make it work. Yeah. I, yeah. I think we're going to pick up some burst miners here. I think that we're going to get it's some super addicting. Um, we'll see. Cause when we get down to the nitty gritty down below, but, um, right on. I wanted to add, there's, there's certain satisfactions in life, right? Uh, you and I get a, get a buzz by hitting that publish button on a good, clean, finished podcast, right? There's, there's a, there's a level of satisfaction there. And I can tell you the level of satisfaction that I found that I had missed uh, all these years because, you know, I switched from server to NAS and I kind of stopped building and I kind of stopped tinkering and, and, you know, testing. When you finish plotting a drive and you take it over to your miner, you shut it down, you add it, you get it going, you write it down, everything's good, you boot it back up, it shows up, you see the drive letter, you see the burst folder in there. You you start the miner. It's very simple stuff. Start the miner. You add that plot file. You just point the miner to it. Say, hey, you've got a new drive here, a new plot file. And then you just click start mining. There's a real high satisfaction level at that point when the miner says, oh, K colon backslash burst, you know, and it, the terabyte, level of your mining operation increments, you know, another seven point whatever terabytes. Very high satisfaction level yeah. there. No, it, it's it's incredibly satisfying then to watch it mine. That has been that was a surprise for me. When we were GPU mining and it kind of goes through some garbly gook in the, you know, you you know GPU mining and you get your that the window opens and there's a bunch of numbers in there and that really makes sense. You don't know you kind of don't know, and it gets kind of standard. Well, this is like watching Kino or the lottery. Like every single time a block is presented, you got a shot. <laughs> and it shows you that. It shows yeah. you where you landed, right? So that's pretty cool. That was For me, that was the thing. I'd kind of just sit and watch the miner run, and you'd be kind of like, this is, this is kind of cool. There's a bunch of nerdery. There's a bunch of advanced nerdery you can do even beyond that to keep track of this. So this isn't the end, you know, once you get it running, there's still some things you can do, which I think a lot of guys really like literally chapter one. Yeah. But even, even that is terribly satisfying. Right. And I'm about to, I'm going to start down time to mine. I want to, I want to finish that thought because I've moved all my mining gear downstairs towards, you know, the basement areas that the stuff that I don't touch and you know, your servers, your routers, you don't go near it. Right. Right. It's downstairs in the basement. You don't yeah. go down there a lot. And I thought someday I'm going to move that burst box down there, but I can't do it. I, <laughs> I like it up here because I keep a monitor on because I walk by it, you know, two or three times a day in my office. And I just watch that window iterate, right? You watch 
the plot files bang away and it the window scrolls and you can see your you know your status and whatnot so it's again it's it's nerdly satisfying Uh, totally it it very much is so and let me say this too uh when we think about um just kind of the steps on getting to the mining um you're going to need to and you're going to want to join a pool and this is a this is a kind of a confusing spot so We're not, Let me I don't work think you it, up to that. Okay, go ahead. I, you're about two minutes ahead of me. All right, all right sounds good. <laughs> all right, <laughs> so we, so Jim, we have our box, we yeah. have our operating system, we have our first hard drive plotted, which also means we have the Q bundle, as you alluded to earlier, yep. from burst-coin.org. All of that is installed. Now it, it's, I mean, it's time to, it's time to mine, Jim. It's time to click go, but it's not. We're not quite ready yet. We do need to make sure the wallet is there, right? Correct. Yeah, and in, in the wallet setup, this is this is kind of the this might be the hardest part of the whole thing, to be honest yeah, with you. So awesome. just kind of listen carefully. When you're setting up a wallet, the very first thing you need to do with that wallet is join the pool, and it's going to take you actually a coin to do that. And a lot of people get tripped up at this point because, like, oh crap. Do I need to go buy? Do I need to go buy Bitcoin now, or and then do I got to go to an exchange? And do we got to figure that? And I, my answer to that is no. I've taken care of everything for you. So these there's these things out there called burst faucets, mm-hmm. and that's where nice people give away uh, burst coin so that people can get started. And so I, Dave, I've started a a faucet called burstfaucet.online. So okay. if you just head out to burstfaucet.online and you get there. You'll go, holy crap, that's just a Facebook page. Yeah, it really is. I just redirected that URL to a Facebook page that says how what you need to do with me to get a to get some free burst. And I'll give you three to get things started. That's one to join the pool. That's two to name yourself on the system because it costs one burst to get a name. Like I'm the real JC out there if you want to find me in, in Burst Nation. And then three, you're going to make a mistake. So <laughs> I give you one just in case you, you make a right. mistake in some way. So folks can do it that way. Um, I'll, give a, I'll give away some Burst to help get you started. Okay. So I'll, I'll go back. We have our box. We have our everything's loaded. Our hard drive's ready to go. Q bundles ready to go. We need some burst coins. So, what we did in the past, Jim, is you'd have to troll the forums right. and Reddit and say, "Hey, I need a couple of bursts. Can someone hook me up?" <clears throat> so you were there for me to get me started. And this is where the process kind of goes back into cryptocurrency, where it's just one wallet address to another. Jim was like, "Give me your wallet address." And I did, and he transferred four bursts to my account. Now, the cool thing is I can go back into my wallet and still see that transaction plus four bursts December 28th at 12.34 p.m. I see it. I see his address. I see my address. It's really neat. Now, if we go a little further, you can see where I actually earned some bursts and I paid Jim back. January 6th, I sent Jim six bursts, four for a payback, too, as a little uh, tip in my hat to Jim, right? Nice. It was nice. Nice, Jim. It allows me to see, I, I can see it four in, six out. I, it identifies, you know, I didn't, at the time, I didn't know it was five cents a burst, right? <laughs> if it was, <laughs> well, it's a nice, it's a nice gesture, though. If it was right? a couple I of mean, dollars, it would have been yeah. a little more. 
of a gesture, I guess. Yeah. No, no. It's a, and it's one of those kinds of things like that's just what in the burst community, that's just what you do, right? If you've got more burst than your buddy and he's trying to get them started, you help them out. And like you said, it's super cheap right now. So it it, it doesn't really matter. I'd give you three, I'd give anybody three if they're willing to jump in and join the community. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I would do the same if someone uh, is on uh, reset forums. Uh, but uh, I wrote that down, Jim. It's uh, faucet, burstfaucet.online. I went there yep. and it goes to Facebook. <laughs> Just goes to a Facebook group. And we no, no action there. Another thing you don't have to remember. Uh, but it's just a way of, uh, of helping out. Uh, and I've got a little process to get you set up to, uh, to get that. If you, or you can just, if you're in the community, you can ping me in the forums too. It doesn't, right. this is just a way to get it out there publicly. Yeah. I would say, you know, cause we know a lot of our listeners, but you know, almost personally, we've, you know, yeah. shaken their hands before totally. anyone out there. I would give you the burst to get you started and right Jim would too. So, right. Okay. So we have our burst. And we have, we're ready to go. We're ready to click, click the button. Now I want to go back over it again, Jim, because <clears throat> I understand blockchain. I understand proof of work and those methods of mining. One more time, the hard disk drive mining, because here is the big question. And the, the fundamental part that I think people have trouble with is when you're throwing your GPU into a mining pool, you are saying my GPU is going to be a part of the coin of the coin's blockchain and help it solve equations, solve blocks. By in it, if you haven't studied blockchain before, by doing that, you are becoming part of the the online ledger, right? You're, you're the accounting book. You're mm-hmm. becoming part mm-hmm. of that ledger, helping the system track the transactions and whatnot. So, Jim, can you – maybe I just explained it, but yeah, can no. you do that – explain that for me? Yeah, when you're, when you're running a wallet, you then – and the wallet is fully in sync. You are, in a sense, a node on the blockchain, right? You are a – representative of the ledger on the blockchain. So the more we have on the network, the better, right? From that standpoint, that's kind of the way the right. ledger works on any fundamentals of blockchain. That's kind of, um, that's kind of the way it works. Where it's different from, from GPU mining is what you, how you started this question, is that um, what we are submitting uh, with GPUs, we are submitting hashes to the network to, to solve each one of these equations, right? And so the faster your GPU, the more hashes you have, which in some ways is that lottery ticket, right? The the faster your GPU can create these random numbers to solve the chain, the more chances you have of winning. And in a pool, those hashes are all put together. And so the bigger the pool, the more the pool has a chance of winning. The big difference in, in burst is those lottery tickets sit on your hard drive, not in the GPU. And the GPU is running constantly 24-7 at its most expensive power-consuming rate the whole time. Whereas in with Burst, I send the seek command, that hard drive is going to run for 20 to 30 to 50 seconds, then it stops. And and a hard drive runs at 5 watts, not 195 watts, right. <laughs> like yeah. we found, right? Mm-hmm. So the power consumption is enormously less. Another wife acceptance factor for crypto mining on burst, your energy bill is not going to all of a sudden come back 25 or 30% more. And you got to explain that to the CFO, right? It's 
barely going to be seen, if seen at all, uh, on there because it's just so much more energy efficient. Okay. So I'm com- I'm contributing to that community, to that blockchain, as it were, with my yeah, drives. You are. Yeah, you're contributing to the solving of the equations to secure that blockchain, just like you would in any other coin in, in okay. doing it that okay. way. Yeah. Now, there's one more term that people are going to run across, and that is confusing to me to this day. And that is when we start talking about pools, when we start talking about joining other miners in a pool of miners for burst mining, the term deadline comes up. Oh, yeah. Can you kind of take me through the pool itself and the deadlines? Yeah, so the whole essence of who wins a block on burst is whoever presents the quickest in time solution to that to you know for that block. So if I'm the miner and I submit a I can forge that block in 30 seconds and I am the fastest one to do that of everybody who submitted every pool, every person in every pool, if I'm 30 seconds, I win. And then the block says, okay, forge it, right? So then I, my machine does some things and it forges the block and we move on to the next one, right? That's kind of the essence. That's really dumbed down, by the way. It's a lot more complicated than that. But that's really the dumbed down version of, of what's happening in this. Um, depending upon the pool agreement then, so if I win that block currently in the burst, in the burst network, everyone who wins a block wins 1101, I think that's where we're at today, blocks, or I'm sorry, coin. Mm-hmm. So each block is worth, let's just say 1,100. It's worth 1,100 coin. That number keeps decreasing, by the way, but it is, that's what it's worth um, today. If I'm in a pool, I've made an agreement with the pool to say, okay, if I win, I'm going to split those winnings with the pool. In the pool you join, it, then it matters. There are some pools that are 80-20 pools. I keep 80% of that. I give 20% to the pool to use uh, to spread out among people. That way, the, the the idea of splitting in a pool is to kind of give everybody a chance to to compete at this thing. Okay. If you went months without hitting a without hitting a you know that deadline that that block, man, it'd be a little discouraging. But when you're in a pool, you can kind of hit portions of the block and get paid out a little bit. It's not very much, but you can get paid out some. That gives you a little dopamine to kind of keep going. Like, oh, that's cool. Like, yeah, let's keep doing this, right? It, it gives you, you wouldn't win as much as if you were solo mining, right? Because you can solo mine too, which means you're out there in the forest by yourself, nobody else out there helping you. But when you win, you take it all. And in this case, it'd be 1100 uh, 1100 coin if you win. Yeah, that's a that's maybe more of an advanced discussion for later or in the forums, I think, because that's you're not going to worry about that right away. But there are pools that do 80 20, there are 50 50. Um, there's a whole bunch of different kinds of pools to get associated with um, that are out there. But you do have to pick one to get started. You could do solo, I wouldn't recommend it, mm-hmm. but you could do solo. Um, but in most cases, you're going to want to join a pool and join the community doing that. And then those winnings are split up accordingly. Right. So if everybody out there is listening, we'll be able to help you out in the reset forums, um, picking your pool. And Jim, you turned me on to pool.burstcoin.space. Yeah, that's, that was my starting one too. Okay. I'm still there because yeah, I it's a good place to be. I think it's a great no start. 
Yeah, I think it's a great beginning place to go. Um, a great pool, good community. Uh, it, it it really, they, I think it's, I uh, forget what the split on that is, if that's 60-40 or... Pool info. Do you remember? I, it's been a while since I've been in that pool. I moved to a... Um, 60% I'm, shared over minors. Yep. So 40-60 actually is that one. You right. get you keep 40, 60 goes to the pool. It's kind of nice. Um, I moved to an 80-20 pool and had success there. And then lately I've moved, actually, this is going to sound counterintuitive, but I've moved to a 50-50 pool and I've had great success there too. Um, I would just been testing that and we'll probably be talking about it on the forums here okay. um, coming up. But yeah, that space pool is a great place to start. Yeah, it gives you a chance to, you know, when someone hits the block, you get to share, you get yeah. coin. Yeah. Now, going back to my wallet, I told you that you got me started on the 28th. I got a burst payment January 4th. We're talking six, seven days. Yeah. Yeah. How much and was it? Do you remember? 29 whole burst. Yeah, 29 burst. But it's it's activity, right? It's something. Yeah, when it's you something. see something, hit your wallet. It's It's a nice moment. Yeah, and some pools have minimum payouts, so every time they hit 500 blocks or 500 coin, you get a payout. Some are 100. Um, the current pool I'm in, every 100, uh, it'll pay out. Just boom, done. It's in your it's in your wallet. Yeah. Um, I'm currently hitting about 100 a day now. Okay. Eh, now, every other day. So we can talk about that more here in a second. Yeah, so let me see. Let me get back to my notes. So two ways to make coin. Forging slash finding a block, right? Is you were the, you were the guy? Your drives actually had the winning ticket, and also contributing to the pool. You know, belonging Correct. to a pool, yep. splitting someone else's winnings when they found a block. Yep. Okay. So now, how do I see the results, Jim? How do I? There's a lot of interpretation that we can't show on an audio podcast, but. I guess we can just kind of overview it because I'm looking at my wallet and it, it's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, well, the easiest way to keep track of, of that is in your pool. So you join the pool. Each pool has a website. They have software. You can find yourself in there and it will kind of tell you what you're currently winning from the pool. Um, and if you win a, if you win the block, you actually it pays out immediately in almost all pools. It, it just pays you. Yeah, it's very boom. startling. It, it, it is. And I get congratulations from people when I do that. There's apparently people watching me in the blockchain because a few of you listening to this right now have sent me notes. Hey, congratulations. <laughs> like how you knew before me. Right. Uh, but it, so when you, when you hit the block, boom, you get paid out. But otherwise, uh, and this is terribly addicting, but you can go to your pool address and watch that. If you want an example, Dave, you'd said that what's the, what's the dot space um, address again? It's, it's pool.burstcoin.space. Pool. Yeah. So if you go out there right now, you can see the pool activity right now. Be careful. Once you see this and you have an addictive personality, you're going to want to join right away. Because yeah. um, it's, it's, there's a pie chart and some numbers and you find yourself in there. And it will keep track of your pool winnings there. You can kind of see where you're at, how much coin you've earned in that pool to date. And then every time they win, a portion gets credited to you based on the deadlines you've been submitting. So the, the more deadlines you submit to that group, the better, uh, the, the higher your percentage of winnings of the group winnings are. It sounds terribly complicated. It's really not. Study the thing for about 20 minutes. You'll have it down. It's pretty easy. Right. And we can, we can talk about it in the forums too, because 
I, I think it's important as your to something that I haven't done as your space increases to make sure, or I should say space and speed, because you might also be trying to get your your drives faster, right? To Correct. Improve your pool yeah. of hard drives. Correct. So as you improve, whether in space or speed, you should be looking at different pools like you were doing, Jim. And that's yeah. something I haven't done. And it's just something as you get into it, not a necessity. Like you can join a pool and just set it and forget it. But I've been testing around for the community. I've been testing out a couple different pools. Just so as people ask me, I can say, mm, you might want to try this pool or you might want to start here. That's why mm-hmm. I do it. Yeah, very good. And it's probably time for me to look at something. I just I just haven't, man. It's running. Yeah, and you don't need to. You don't need to. That's the great thing about it. You're it's fine. You're okay with it. It's getting a return that you want. You don't have to go. Yeah. You can just stay right where you're at. Yeah. I earn burst, I would say every six to seven days I get a payout. Okay. Now, all right, Jim, I've made a coin or two. How do I use it? What what do I do with it? <laughs> well, today, like, you know, a lot of people lamented that when they watched when they watched Bitcoin go through the roof, they're like, Oh, I should have bought that, you know, three years ago right. and it was seven cents. Well, three years ago you were making fun of it because it was seven cents, right? Everybody was like, uh, you know, Bitcoin's so stupid. And, you know, all those things we heard about Bitcoin, by the way, I didn't do it either. And I had the same thoughts. I'm just being, maybe I'm just saying what I thought, right? I'm kicking myself for that. Today, Burstcoin, I don't know. As we record this, it's a penny, right? Something like that. It's a penny a coin. Burst, it's it's actually better than that. Okay. Uh, Maybe one and a half cents. At least 1.7 cents. Okay. 1.7. Let's just say it's short of two, right? Not worth a lot. What do you do with it? You just... I like at the big number because you can amass. I have amassed almost 10,000 now. And you like, oh, it's kind of cool. I got 10,000 or something. Um, this is really a future play. Like we're kind of hoping we got into this, Dave, and it shot up to a nickel, or a nickel and then a dime. And then it collapsed with everything else right. after the first hard. of the year, right? But for me, the future is just having fun doing this one. Never know where this thing is going to go. I kick myself if we get to December this thing went to 50 cents and we weren't involved in it, I would kick myself like <laughs> right. idiot, right? right? Come on. You, you fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. So it should. It, it's one of those things for, for now. It's really just a future investment. It could go nowhere. You could take this and take it to an exchange and trade it for Bitcoin. <laughs> you wouldn't want to. <laughs> like not today. It's not worth that much. Yeah, you, know? you wouldn't get a whole lot. But... No, no, no. But also, you got to think about some folks out there in the same scenario that I'm in. Zero, zero down, right? Yeah, right on, right Didn't on. Pay a dime, and I'm sitting on a wallet full of burst. My my wallet's fat here, so it's not really that fat. We'll, we'll talk about that, and and when we talk about my journey, um, future of burst. I've got that written down, and. Yeah. Don't yeah. know where to go with it because it. I don't, maybe I don't want to know the future of burst. But just well, like you said, it, yeah, if it goes nowhere, eh, it's not a big it's, deal for me. Right, it's the future of the Bitcoin. Right, yeah. it's the future of uh, the future of cryptocurrency. As cryptocurrency goes, so will burst go. So okay. it's still too early. We don't know. You're in this not for that, uh, but it could be for that. You know, you just don't know. 
yeah. again, think think back three years ago. Don't you wish you would have gotten in on Bitcoin? Yeah. So this no, is me. Uh, yeah. Exactly. I think I'm going to agree. I'm, I'm going to say do this for community. Do this for hobby. Right. And l- let's talk about our journey here. Um, let's talk about Jim's journey because yours is so much more impressive than mine. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe stupid. Is, uh, <laughs> but is, no, you know, it's you went you went the cryptocurrency route and then went into burst and then it kind of have well in Uyghur too Mike Uyghur of your podcast he he sold all of his GPUs right and it's just all in on burst so you just tell me tell me your story Jim yeah well I did I, I bought GPUs first in the fall four 1060s I got you doing it we talked about it at the meetup others followed I still have four running that they're not generating very much just because the, the market's so down right now I've contemplated selling those GPUs. Uh, haven't I'm having trouble pulling that trigger? You know, Dave. You know me. Once I buy something, I have a hard time letting. Yeah, I know it go. you're the world's worst. And here I've I've uh, built an entire rig and I've sold it and made a killing. I know. And I, know. I built a second rig and I'm about to list it on Craigslist. I know. We we talked about this at Summit, but I'm just not good at that, and I'm okay with it. Um, so I still have four 1060s there. I use them. It's great. That's my that's GPU side. I went in all in on burst. So I have 115 terabytes of yeah of storage. I bought 10. I bought 11 of my own eight terabyte Seagate drives for 149 bucks uh, when they were on sale. And I have a buddy who bought three of his own that I've brought into my kind of my network, and we split that up um, percentage wise. And I've got those all hooked through USB 3.0. Later, I found out I should have bought 3.1 USB 3 hubs. Those would get a little bit better throughput. It's too late. I'm not buying any more crap. Right. I'm not spending any more money. Not buying any more crap. But uh, so, yeah. So I've got this, you know, 115 terabytes or whatever it is. Um, Do I need to remind you how much that is? No, you do not. $650. It's under two grand at least. But you had approval, right? I did. I actually, I I took the wife out for dinner and I said, hey, I got this business idea. I want you to approve it. And I walked her through the numbers and I walked her through the scenario and I told her, hey, if this all goes to crap, I'll just sell these drives on eBay for a hundred bucks. We all lose money, but it's not that much money at the end of the day. Right. And it's fun and I want to do it. And she said, yes. So we're doing it. She said yes twice. I know two mistakes. The woman is. I'm, I'm kidding, Jim. No, I'm just. I'm just kidding. Uh, nicely done. Two very good yeses, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, and I. I did buy. I, you know, I got a hand-me-down PC from work okay. that's dedicated. I paid sixty-five bucks for that, so that was that was pretty pretty cheap. Um, and I bought probably a hundred dollars in USB gear to make it all work. My deadlines are right at 50 seconds, so I'm not sub 30 where I'd like them to be, but hey, that's okay. Most of them, half of them come in under 30 seconds, and then the other drives are a little bit slower, so they come in a little bit later. Oh, it's totally cool in the basement, by the way, when they're they're running. These are not not, heat generators, right? You're not generating all that heat. You know, and that earns me, that setup earns me three to 4,000 burst coin a month. Three to 4,000? is what that turned out to be. So do the math on that. That gets yeah, me like a cup 4, of coffee at Starbucks. <laughs> Starbucks. Let's say it's two cents. That's 80 bucks a month. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I actually, I figured when I did the figures way back when, it was December, and it was 10 cents at the time. And I said, even if this goes down to a nickel, we're okay. 
Like it's, <laughs> it makes sense. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> I didn't anticipate it going all the way back to a penny and now it's around two cents. But Dave, even that being said, it, like this isn't, it's not like I mortgaged the house or I took out my 401k, right? This was a tax return that I, that I dropped into this. And I have had, like, I have had so much fun working with you and Uyghur and Ken and uh, Mark, Mark Robson uh, on this thing. It has just been a blast. So I, that's for me, entertainment values worth something. Yeah, this is, yeah, it's a, it's a laptop. It's a computer. It's a big screen yeah, TV. It really is. Yeah, spend yeah. your money the way you want. Don't let anyone... No. Uh, right, and I'm having a blast. You know, I'm having a blast getting it done. Right. It has brought me back to the early days of Home Server mm-hmm. when we were talking about this all the time and IMing each other and keeping each other up to date on, you know, uh, in social. We haven't, we went, we went dry for a while, which is kind of boring. Like, ah, stuff's boring. And this has kind of brought some of that excitement back. Right. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I like the camaraderie of it. I like the, uh, I like the community. It, it's fun to do. It's fun to own. It's fun to tear up. Um, so my story, I, I think I've told everybody my journey. I started with, um, I've got a very, very old AMD box. And I didn't know any better back then. I probably would have given it a better box. And I have one set aside for it. I just haven't made that move yet. I haven't cleared enough time to do that. So I've got a good box ready for it. I started just grabbing hard drives. Mostly two terabyte drives. I've got a lot of two terabyte drives sitting around. So I just started grabbing them and plotting them. I started plotting on the miner and then I moved it to my home PC, which actually had, um, it's, it's the, the computer that I use every day. It actually had a GPU in it and it was, uh, mining as well. And I, I had to stop doing that to plot drives <laughs> and, uh, cause it was going way, it was going way faster for the plots if I did that. So I started, I say, my start date January first, two thousand eighteen. That's that makes makes it nice and easy. I technically got the four burst from you on December twenty eighth, and then I earned my first burst on January fourth. But I, I I got my start date as January one. keeps it keeps it nice and easy. I have sixteen hundred bursts. 1,618 burst. Yeah, that's a good number. And as a recording, as we're, we're recording right now, it's it's 1.7 cents. You, I, you can't do a 1.7, but it's 0.017 cents per burst, which gives me an entire value of $27.83. And the yep. sad thing is, is last week I had less burst and more value. Right. This week... I have more burst and less value. So yeah. It, yeah. it is what it is. It goes up and down. I don't track it. No. Every once in a while, I open my burst wallet um, online and I see, oh, there's a transaction. Oh, there's a transaction. Neat. So I was doing that. Um, actually, I was. we were doing that together when we went to Summit. And I was like, why is my burst holdings so much higher? I don't understand what's going on. You know, because I usually get a payment every six to seven days, pretty pretty regularly. 
And oh, let me tell you, I am, what am I running? I'm running 23.6 terabytes in my little... And that's stuff you just had, right? You, you haven't bought any space, no, have you? No, I will, um, I've bought two externals. Okay. And I'll get there on that. So um, we were looking around my wallet just to see what was going on, log in from remote, and I'm like, what is going on? I got more burst than I know what to do with. And you're like, hey, you numbskull, you found a block. So if you look in your wallet, it, there's a little square in here. It says forged blocks. Well, I had never seen that before. I had no clue. But my little rig found a block. So it awarded, uh, the reward for that block was 1,159. I got 466 of that reward. So there is your, you know, your 40-60 or 60-40 split. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and it came in immediately because I got that three days Kind yeah, of got that in between. It's pretty cool when you hit a block. Yeah, that yeah. was really neat. Yeah. So, and that's that's really where things make a difference, right? It's slow and steady. Every once a week, you get a little payment, but when you hit the block, that's your difference maker. That's what pushes you up closer into ROI. Right. Yeah, and I, I would encourage people not to think of it in terms of dollars, but think of it in terms of numbers. So, you know, right now it's an accumulation phase. You should be trying to accumulate just as many coins as you can. The price may go nowhere. And if it does, hey, you know, you're out something a little bit. But if it moves even a little bit, you know, imagine if we're at a penny now and it goes to 10 cents. That's not a lot. That's not a very big move. It could. I really never anticipate Burst ever being worth more than a dollar, just to be honest. Right. Mm-hmm. But. A, dollar, a penny to 10 cents, pretty nice move. To be honest with you, a nickel is a pretty nice move. So, you know, don't focus on that. I say focus on the accumulation. It's kind of cool. I've got, you know, 8,000 sitting in my wallet and you're like, that's pretty cool. Now it's worth nothing, but it's, it's worth something, but 8,000. Okay. Value. Yeah. 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 No, it's just, so I, I kind of focus on the total number as opposed to value us dollars value. And it is possible. Um, January 7th burst was 10 cents. Yep. And if if it were at ten cents today, it, I'd have one hundred and sixty one dollars, and that would be in you know I would be in the black. Well, I wouldn't, because as you asked earlier, I have purchased two external hard drives. Now, this is where I have faults, is because I always want to improve the system, and I do it to the detriment of my wallet. And I enjoy doing it. I enjoy adding the space. I enjoy doing the plotting. I enjoy doing all of those little things. And it's hard for me to say no. But So I've purchased one 6-terabyte drive, and I purchased one 8-terabyte drive. So yeah, I'm out a few dollars. But I'm not really trying to like recoup that, right? Right. That's, that's just okay. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Actually, By the way, when you're done, that's still an eight terabyte and a six terabyte drive. Yeah, right? it's still an asset, right? right. Yeah, and pretty good. Probably not sell it. I would probably use it in my network somewhere. Yeah, sure. You'd, you'd use it again. Yeah, but I could <laughs> probably recoup. I would, you know, when I was doing ROI on GPUs, I was doing it at very low uh, recuperation of of the asset, and boy, was I wrong. 
you know, I I made money on my assets. So I mined for a long time, then I sold and made money. So crazy, but that's what that's that's how it happened. No, it's a good. I think it is a good. You know, hard drive prices are pretty cheap right now, and so you know, if you were going to get into GPU mining, it's stupid. It's stupidly expensive. Like yeah. this is not the time to start GPU, but it is a good time to do hard drive. Yeah. And yeah, I agree. Uh, and I so, posted a deal this morning, eight terabyte for one thirty nine ninety nine. Boom. And yeah. even if you New don't egg. agree with the manufacturer of that hard drive, it's not backing up your home data, right? Right. We're, right. we're just hammering it for mining purposes. That's it. That's it. Okay. I think we're done. Ah, that's a lot of info. That's a lot of info. It but was. It was fun though. If you if you got to this point, folks. Don't let it worry you. Let's get into the reset forums. Let's let's talk about it. And we'll help you every step of the way. Say, here's my, just start a thread. This is Joe Blow's mining thread, right? And we'll take you through the process and other people will jump in and help you get started because it's fun to do. It is. All right, Jim, I'm going to cut you loose. I'm not going to talk any more mining, no more crypto (laughs) until next week. Yeah, that's right. No, it's always good fun. Thanks for having me back on. Good to be podcasting with you again. It's been a while. Jim, tell us us where to find you. Tell us all the good stuff, and then uh, we'll let you get out of here. Yeah, easiest way to find me, theaverageguy.tv. That's it. Yeah, that's it. That's all you yeah. need to know. And um, and the podcast, of course, is uh, Home, Gadget, Home Geeks. Gadget Geeks. And you definitely want to get on in on Jim's Patreon. Jim, what's your Patreon account? If you go out to theaverageguy.tv/slash/patreon, or I think it's theaverageguy.tv/slash/support is the easiest way to do that. And I do have a burst level. If you want to jump in and make a dollar donation to send the burst over to you, that's a that's just a way. It's a cheesy way for you get get you involved in my burst. Right. I mean, in my uh, Patreon account, but yeah. um, I do have a burst level over there. So join Jim's Patreon, go to the burst level, and uh, let him know that, hey, you would like to set up a burst, and uh, he'll shoot you over those four to get you started. And we'll do the same thing in the forums if you want to do that, but support your local podcasters. Patreon yeah. is a good thing. All right, Jim. And, and Dave, let me say, before we go, I appreciate everybody who's come over to listen to you. It's been fun to to, to uh, see Reset become what it is, and uh, it's a fun podcast to listen to every week, so I appreciate everybody who's come over to listen to you. Yeah, yeah, it's great. I, in fact, I had trouble getting the interview going because I was like, I don't know how to interview anymore. <laughs> what what I do? How do I do this? Yeah. yeah. Well, you figured it out. Thanks for having me on. We got it. Thanks, Jim. All right, Dave. Thanks, Don. Right, this bye. has been Reset can be found at reset.fm or over on youtube at youtube.com slash david mccabe follow on twitter at mccabe io and you can discuss this episode and more on reset forums resetforums.com intro and outro music is by darylene find it at soundcloud.com darylene music that's d-e-r-l-e-e music Support of this podcast can be done at Patreon, patreon.com slash David McCabe. There's also some shopping links at resetforums.com if you want to use those. If you have a chance, please rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Thank you for your support, and I'll see you next week on Reset.